Welcome to the Coppell Digital Learning Podcast. I'm Trisha. And I'm Allie. Ooh, Allie, you have a different voice today because you are feeling a little... I'm feeling a little creative and so I thought I would use this accent to do the podcast today because we're talking about creativity. creativity. Okay, um, we're going to start off this podcast with asking our learners... What is creativity? Yeah, and you know, we went and uh, talked to a bunch of different levels of learners, um, and it's really interesting to hear how their view on creativity changes and evolves as they grow. So we started with uh, a K-2 learner, and then we go all the way up to a high school learner. So it's kind of exciting. So listen up to hear their point of view of creativity. Creativity. So Cameron, what is creativity in your opinion? Creativity in my opinion is um, when you draw something or make something um, and then you paint it or color it, that's creativity. All right. And then you brought something with you today. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what you brought and it was something that you invented. Can you? I made a tip dispenser and it and it works so how do you do it is i put a chip in there a a chip box in there or a chip um or a chip all right cameron part two all right cameron so you also brought with us today your your most recent invention can you tell us a little bit about how you use creativity to make this new invention and what it is I made a chip dispenser and it works perfectly and it's 25 cents and it also comes in a chip a ch- and, and it also comes in a chip uh, container. Yeah. And why did you think it was important to make a chip dispenser? Because I thought it would be really crea- creative to me because I like making stuff that includes art and I think this means a a lot to me yeah and you said that you were the only one that made this right no one helped you yes nobody helped me I made it all by myself wow that's really cool well thank you so much for sharing with us Hi everyone, it's Casey Kemp here, the DLC from Lee and Pinkerton, and I'm here with a fourth grade friend from Miss Mrs. Wilkerson's class at Lee, and she's going to introduce herself. Hi, my name is Revely. I'm in yellow fourth grade in Richard J. Lee. And so, Revely, can you tell me a little bit, what do you think creativity is? Creativity can be anything. It's what makes you feel happy and what inspires you. For me, it's music because I love expressing myself through that. But it can also be just reading, public speaking, dancing, anything that makes you happy. That is what makes creativity unique. Awesome. I love that. So, Revely, can you also tell me a little bit, how do you creatively share what you've learned? Um, In school, our teachers have given us many outlets and options to choose from, like our Google Slides, our keynotes, our docs, multiple things. But me personally, I do music outside of this, which is my way of expressing my creativity. I have friends who express themselves through martial arts and art and countless other amazing things. That's awesome. Which is amazing what everyone can do. Yeah, so do you like to express yourself through music at school too, or do you try to? I try to. I try very much. Um, 
I try to be openly involved in a lot of our clubs and music programs. That's awesome. Thanks, Revly. We appreciate you helping us out today with this. Thank you for having me. Creativity is something that lets you be you and lets you show yourself out. And when you want to do that, um, you can, even if you mess up, it you can still be you and it can inspire. Hi, I'm Andrew Henry. I'm a sophomore at Coppell High School. And I was asked the question, what is creativity? And what are some creative ways I show my learning? As far as what is creativity, I think it's kind of unfair to define it in a way because it's a very subjective and personal thing. So it's basically like whatever you do to like uniquely express yourself. So like I said, I think when you try to put like clear boundaries on it, it's kind of unfair to the word itself because it's constrictive in a way. But as far as creative ways that I show my learning, uh, it's more or less up to the teachers to give me boundaries and stuff. I'm not always given a lot of space to do exactly what I want, but in the past I've had to do things like program spheros and make presentations. Wow, I love listening to our learners talk about how they learn and their unique views on creativity. It's so interesting just to, you ask the one question and how you get such a broad answer, but when you look at the the pinpoint of what they're saying, it's all the same. Yeah, there's like a almost like a pattern or kind of some similarities as it spirals through. Um, and it's exciting to me that like our youngest learners have views of creativity, mm-hmm. um, but it also isn't stopping when they when they get a little bit more jaded or older. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I I really enjoyed like when I was talking to different people because I asked several different people um, just what their thoughts were um, about how it was how their personal interests really drive what how they create. Um, like who knew so many of our learners were musicians um who knew they were so many were painters it's just really neat to find out about the whole child beyond just oh this is your grade in math and this is your grade in science yeah and how much power is there when we meld those two things um when i meld what i'm passionate about with that content that i'm learning um so i can show my thinking in such a variety of ways Um, it's pretty interesting uh, when you can really harness the power of that. Allie, you brought up a really great point. The more that we know about our learners, we can push them to grow and to stretch themselves. So what, what is it about getting to know your learners? Well, I mean, I think about like some of the struggles I had as a kid and, you know, I was a really kind of a high achiever, but at the same time, like things didn't come always that easy to mm-hmm. me, um, uh, math. And I'm just thinking like, I was very into drama as a kid and I'm thinking about like, would I have connected more to some of the math concepts if I was allowed to use my creativity and how I reflect. I don't know. Um, A lot of my teachers probably didn't even realize that I loved acting and that I wanted to Mm -hmm. sing on stage or if I could have created a song maybe about math. I I just wonder if it could have connected me a little bit more to that content that I was learning. And so, you know, just in thinking as an educator, I think back 
did I really know my kids' passions? And once I knew my kids' passions, what did I do with that information? I think it's really important uh, for us to, to build those relationships so that we can start connecting what they're doing in our world to the passions they have outside. Um, one of the things that we've used to kind of get to know our learners is a tool called Thrively. Um, it's kind of neat. Uh, what you do is you sign up, you get your kids all kind of loaded into Thrively, and it basically walks the kids through an interest inventory. Um, and so it asks some series of questions about some different things, and then it gives you as the educator their strengths profile and what they're really interested in doing or learning about. It also tells the kids like, oh, I noticed your strength is in this um, and you really have a passion for creativity, create creative music. Um, then that learner can take that data and start looking at the way that they design learning. Um, it doesn't mean that everything has to be in song, but maybe if I have a really big group of musicians in my class, like then I can design things to allow them to share creatively through music. Um, instead of just typing. On the flip side of that, maybe I've got a kid who's very passionate about writing mm. and would rather write than give me a presentation. And that's okay too. Okay, so a lot of times I equate creativity with mess just because I think of my creative mind sometimes is all over the place and I wanna spend so much time because I'm so dialed into what I wanna create. Um, so Trisha, you had some really good ideas about how to provide our learners with some creative constraint and boundaries so that um, it doesn't get too out of control. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, my um, thought is, what is it that we really want to see what our learners know? It's the content. The content is number one. Mm -hmm. Does it really matter to us how we get them to show their content? Now, at the beginning of the year, yeah, you want to try like one or two, like this is this is the system we're going to use, this is the program we're going to use, um, but then as the year goes on, you know the learners more and you can feel more confident in your abilities as the educator to understand maybe different apps and, and websites for your learners to utilize um, so that as the year goes on, grow those options for them to create, yes. but what it comes down to is a rubric. Mm-hmm. Like yes. if you just give them the rubric of the what you want them to do, let them figure it out. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying every I'm not saying kindergartners through twelfth graders they can all figure it out on their own. You do need to give them boundaries, creative constraints, mm -hmm. boundaries, rubrics, what needs to be included. So basically from a content standpoint, what are you expecting to be able to see from that final project? Yes. Um, but maybe like letting go a little bit of yes. that control, like maybe not saying everybody has to do a presentation or everybody's going to make a clips video. I agree with that. And I think you touched on something that I want to go back to, which is a lot of times I think because we value choice so much that a lot of times we think we have to give a zillion choices for apps or a zillion choices for tools that they can do or even just an open-ended choice mm -hmm. and I think it is appropriate uh, even for older kids to sometimes say hey you've got choice in the content you've got choice in the people you work with you have choice in this you don't always have to have choice in y using 
every app under the sun. Yeah. It is okay to scaffold choices. It is okay to say, hey, we are going to choose this time to do uh, a video project or a writing project and say, okay, we've got a scaffolded choice there. Um, I think that's okay too. But absolutely the rubric plays such a big part of that because you want the kids to have an understanding of what's really important of, of when I create something, what are my boundaries? What, what's mm -hmm. that box I have to kind of, kind of make sure that I uh, rein it in on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to, to also mention that, uh, Apple has a series of books right now that are pretty great. They're called the everyone can create mm -hmm. uh, series. I personally like the everyone can create teacher guide because to me it gives me an overarching um, cross-curricular uh, idea kind of library that I can try for kind of getting more creativity into my lesson. Um, but I, what I love about it is that they have everyone can create rubrics, pre-made rubrics that you can download and use for, you know, if you wanted to do a music project or if you have uh, a project that's going to be more about photography or you uh, things like that. So um, I, I always kind of say if you're not really excited about creating a rubric, always go out and look for mm -hmm. ones that you can use and modify because mm -hmm. um, I think that's important too. Allie, I totally agree with all of those things that you're saying and I think by using a rubric, you are giving your child or the children in your classroom a life skill. They have to be able to move forward, but also use parameters. I mean, that's something you have to do every single day. You're giving them a space to learn. I agree, because when you think about these kids going into the workplace, um, there's very little time where you just get complete creative yeah. control of any of the deliverables that you're trying to do or get put out for your boss. Um, so I think it's absolutely appropriate to think about the content and having maybe the rubric for what you want to see with the content, but also having a rubric that guides the creativity part of what they're doing. This is Allie popping in with a digital tip. Uh, did you know that the Bulb iOS app, which is fairly new, um, has creative tools that are actually embedded within the app? So um, when, I use, when I use Bulb on the web, there's a lot of great ways for me to add my thinking or add my, my learning. Um, but in the iOS app, they have the added bonus of being able to record audio within the app. Ooh. to put on a page, uh, as well as our learners will be able to draw um, and add a drawing to their page in Bulb. That's awesome. Um, what excites me about this is that it offers more choice in how our learners can reflect on their growth. So why not allow them the choice of adding a video or image, but also maybe they would rather draw and draw their thinking um, or add an audio clip because they might not be as eloquent in typing what they want to say, but they could say it. Um, you might be surprised at how offering some different modalities can affect the thinking. Here is your call to action. We want to know the favorite ways that your learners are showing their own creativity in your classrooms. So please take a pic, 
make a video and share it on Twitter using our hashtag CoppellDLC so we can see all the amazing creative ways our learners are sharing their learning. This is Allie and Trisha reminding you that innovation changes your world. How will you practically apply ideas and technology to make for better learning? Thank you.